Light has no meaning without darkness. And in order to have heroes, we also need some kind of adversary, some kind of monster. I'm Jack Donovan, author of The Way of Men and Fire in the Dark, and today we are going to talk about the dragon from the Rig Veda. I'm joined today by Ed, a valued member of the Order of Fire, my new organization for men of the future who want to live and create solar culture. All right, so Ed, tell me a little bit about your background and how you uh, came to learn uh, about Sanskrit and uh, in this uh, Vedic material. Well, it started probably in my, I would say, very early 20s. Um, I had an interest in things like Buddhism, like a lot of people in their early 20s do, exploring new things. And uh, I was invited to a Hindu temple uh, by some friends uh, during a festival. And I tasted the food there and it kind of blew my mind. And I had a bunch of questions and that led to uh, starting to learn about the rituals behind the food, which then led to an interest in Bhagavad Gita. Uh, which is a Sanskrit text. Uh, and I just got more and more into it and started reading as much as I could, uh, talking to as many people as I could. And then eventually I went to India and ended up taking several trips over a period of about 20 years, doing my own research into those things. Um, and then back home, you know, I was, uh, uh, I took part in a Bhagavad Gita memorization group um, so I had to uh, look closely at a lot of Sanskrit. I studied the Hindi language uh, for a number of years as well, which uses the same script, Devanagari. Um, so that really opened a door because you can look at Sanskrit uh, in its you know, actual text and it helps with pronunciation. And uh, since Hindi is also a, uh, it's a Sanskritic language, there's a lot of similarities, at least as far as a vocabulary. And so uh, just over so many years, uh, reading these things, Bhagavad Gita led to reading the original Vedas and, and anything I could get my hands on. Um, and so uh, over time, you just start to, you start to see the root words, keywords uh, that really stand out and, and, and give a lot of meaning to things. Um, and it's still, still Part of my everyday life. One of the most interesting, a lot of people wonder why we're, you know, even our new members in the Order of Fire, uh, member, uh, you know, wonder why we're, you know, so interested in the Rig Veda. And one of the things I want to point out to everybody is that, uh, you know, all these other mythic texts that we engage with, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, the Iliad or the, the Odyssey or, uh, you know, like some of the Germanic uh, literature, so much of that material, I mean, is really folklore. It's folklore and it's literature and it's a story, uh, but none of those are sacred texts. Uh, they they are they are stories, uh, you know. There were stories meant to tell us, but the, you know the the Rig Veda is actually a sacred text, and uh, so yeah. I think that's very that's very in the way that the, the Bible is a sacred text. You know, it's it's a very it's a, it's it's a there, there's a differentiation there, and so I think it's really important, and it's also one of the oldest uh, in the world. So it's, 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 it's a really important text and we see so many of the same themes. And so today I wanted to drill down on this, this concept of the dragon 
and it's the dragon that Indra slays, and so that I don't murder it. Uh, how do you how do you pronounce uh, the dragon? Vritra. Vritra. Okay. Vritra. It's it's a v, and it has a little r attached, and then tr, which is a compound consonant. It's it's a t and a r combined together to make sort of one letter, and the the v. It's like a soft V, mm -hmm. and and in some cases that that V becomes a little bit V with a little bit of a W sound. It depends on whether it's after a consonant, etc. There's so many rules in Sanskrit. It's just like just studying the rules alone. You you would never learn the language just the rules. But uh, yeah, vritra. Yeah, and, and you know you can you can give a little more V if that's like what your mouth does. Vritra, you know whatever it takes. Britra. Okay, cool. Yeah, I had to research that for, for when I read uh, The Fire in the Dark. I had to try to make sure I pronounce everything as well as possible. But, you know, it's always better to have someone who has can do it right. Uh, I had never actually heard the, 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 the alphabet pronounced. I just know how to type it in so that I can find the font. <laughs> and I was pronouncing it totally differently. I was like, it was, it was Devangari, De Devanagari to me. Uh, but uh you just pronounce it totally differently, and, and that's a it's a really important to kind of get that information. Um, and so you know, we can look right away at what that uh actually means, uh, you know, because the, the name of the dragon means something. And uh, when I looked it up, it, it seems to mean uh, you know, coverer, investor, restrainer, you know, an enemy, a foe, a hostile host. So it, it, it the word itself doesn't really mean dragon. Although he's refers to as dragon and first of dragons and and uh, you know so forth throughout the text, but the word well, means more than that. Well, he's a serpent also, which a dragon is sort of a flying serpent with legs. You know, uh, it, he's also called a he, which yeah. which is a serpent. Yeah. Several times throughout Rig Veda, a he, which is a snake. So. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know it's. I looked at it once and I guess we'll, we're, we're skipping ahead right now, but uh, I, I looked at it and I'm like, cause it says he's limbless. And, uh, but then he also has his limbs uh, severed and I'm like, does that mean he has tentacles? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, is it like this Lovecraftian monster? You know, it's so there, there's a lot of references in there. I think are really interesting um, and try to unpack, but then uh, there's also this humoristic uh, layer uh, to it. And I don't like to, you know, pull everything into humorism and be like, it was, it was originally a man. And then they just built it up. But, uh, cause I don't think that's always true because symbols are really important, but, uh, it's, it's just an interesting direction. And the more I dug into this, the more interesting it was. So I think what we're going to do, uh, there, there are three main hymns that I picked out where he really discusses the dragon. It's all throughout, uh, the Rig Veda, but there are three main hymns that I picked out. And so I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the hymns and then we'll, we'll stop and kind of you know get some commentary and talk about some ideas, uh, you know, as as it goes on. So the first one is in book one, Love and it. it is him uh, thirty-two. I have to you know read Roman numerals because that's what they're written out as. But uh, all right, so him thirty-two, Indra. I will declare the manly deeds of Indra, the first that he achieved, the thunder wielder. He slew the dragon, then disclosed of the waters and cleft the channels of the mountain torrents. He slew the dragon lying on the mountain, his heavenly bolt of thunder, 
Tavastar fashioned, like lowing kine in rapid flow descending the waters, glided downward to the ocean. So first of all, I wanted to get into uh, one of the reasons we also love the rig grade is it's so fucking high test uh, that, you know, like uh, people, people miss that. Uh, the manly deeds of Endra, the thunder wielder. I mean, he, he's, he, he's Thor turned up to like a 12 uh, really, but, uh, and there's, there's a part about, you know, him disclo- you know, disclosing the waters and, and so forth. And we'll get back to that. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the bolt of thunder that Tvastar fashioned. First of all, can you pronounce Tvastar better for, for the audience? Vastra. Okay. Vastra. Yeah, he's the um, uh, artisan god. Makes things, weapons, tools. Um, and uh, he makes the, uh, the Vajra, our beloved Vajra. He makes that uh, for Indra. And uh, yeah, a thousand, a thousand uh, spikes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. I, w- I will continue. Mm-hmm. Impetuous as a bull, he chose the soma, and in three sacred beakers, drank the first juices. Magavan grasped the thunder of his weapon for his weapon, and smote to death this firstborn of dragons. Now, Magavan, uh, can you can you? Uh, explain what that is a little bit it's uh one of indra's names okay um, yeah that's what i thought gods get to have more than one name um yeah, but, yeah they all have like epithets and, and so forth they, yeah yeah and it it's actually damn it 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 really there's some controversy about like the real meaning behind mag magavan um and ultimately it works out to like mighty Okay, nice. Mighty. Um, like, uh, you know, of bringing wealth, bringing riches is one interpretation of it. Um, right, so. and that's that's one of the reasons, why, one of the things that we like also about the, uh, the Rig Veda is that um, it's not a, an aesthetic, an ascetic uh, book in the text of like everybody, they're praying for wealth and riches. He brings wealth and riches. It's not anti-materialist. Like you can't have nice things in this world. Uh, you know, save it for the next one. It is a. Uh, it's it's very much like their gods bring riches to the people who worship them. You know, which is is a uh, very different from a lot of things that a lot of Westerners are used are used to. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's a sign of success, and it's a sign that you are uh, a, a great man who's like knows how to perform a sacrifice. When Indra. Thou had slain the dragon's firstborn and overcome the charms of the enchanters. Then, giving life to sun and dawn and heaven, thou foundest not one foe to stand against thee. Indra, with his own great and deadly thunder, smote into pieces Vritra, worst of Vritras. As trunks of trees, what time the axe hath felled them, Low on the earth, so lies the prostrate dragon. He, like a mad, weak warrior, challenged Indra, the great, impetuous, many-slaying hero. He, brooking the, not the clashing of the weapons, crushed Indra's foe, the shattered forts in falling. Footless and handless, 
Still he challenged Indra, who smote him with his bolt between the shoulders, emasculate, yet claiming manly vigor. Thus, Vritra lay with scattered limbs, dissevered. And there, there's a lot in there that's interesting. Uh, one of the things, right away, you know, emasculate, like claiming uh, manly vigor, uh, you know, which is, and you start to see, you not not just a dragon, but a sorcerer. Uh, you know, you see the, the the possibility of this character. As I started to read through this the other day, I was thinking, uh, you know, I'm like, uh, this is this is uh, now I'm, I'm blanking on the name um, uh, from Conan, <laughs> uh, the the, uh, the serpent. Uh, <laughs> this is the serpent guy from uh, from Conan. It's Thulsa Doom. He's <laughs> basically like, <laughs> and you can kind of see that in this story. Like, this is salt. This is Thulsa Doom. He's a serpent lord who worships snakes and has mighty spells because, it, like, there's stuff in here that says, you know, overcome the charms of the enchanters. So it's now it's not just one, but there's a whole bunch of enchanters in there. You know, uh, uh, so it's like, does he have an army of wizards? <laughs> you know, like there, it, there's, there's just a lot here. I think there's a really just a, a cool story in yeah, all and this. The, you know, the en enchanters is often, it's a translation from something like uh, Maya V, Maya, illusion, you know, which, uh, you know, is a very common word in contemporary Hinduism, you know, like the, even to the point where some schools say that the world itself is, is, an illusion, you know, Maya, um, which is kind of nihilistic, but really ultimately it, it means, you know, that the world is temporary. Yeah. Um, and that, well, that, 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 that the illusion is thinking that, that you're going to permanently be here and not do not taking steps to, you know, be great or, or something like that. But yeah, the, the enchanters are often something with the root Maya illusion. Guileful is often yeah comes from that as well, which Magician. is which is like a and kind of a mean deceit deceitfulness, you know. Like and yeah. I like that. I like the word guile a lot, actually. Uh, someone someone who's innocent is guileless, and and someone who's like always machinating and and yes, Machiavellian is a uh, you know guileful. Uh, yeah, you know something I like. But yeah, what you were explaining actually uh, in terms of the Vedic uh, reminded me of simulation theory. Uh, which we've been talking about recently, uh, you know, just the idea that it, it, we're all in a simulation. You know, it's not real; it's all an illusion. But uh, and also there was that 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 footless and handless bit again. But then you know, Virtus are laid with scattered limbs, dissevered. So he doesn't have feet or hands, but he has limbs. So that's that's you know an interesting thing. But, yeah, and the, you know, emasculated. You know, that comes up a few times um, throughout these uh, hymns we were looking at, and that's um, Vadri. Okay. Vadri is castrated, literally, but sometimes it's contrasted with the opposite, Vrishayu, which means like rutting. So it's like, uh, you know, that emasculated uh, demon snake, you know, is contending with Vrishayu, which Vrish is like the bull. Yeah. Um, it, and, and, but Vrishayu, it's like something that is like like uh, high energy and running. 
<laughs> That's great. Awesome. But like we, we could do we could do two hours on just find the high test words. Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, that's why obviously, you know, I love the, the Maruts. Um, and yeah. I, I spent hours drilling down on that because of all the way they're described is how every band of warriors ever would want to be described. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, that's, uh, so now we have a eunuch priest. Uh, we have a eunuch, evil eunuch priest, uh, sorcerer, uh, you know, serpent sorcerer. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I feel like there's like a Robert A. E. E. Howard version of the uh, uh, of the the Rig Veda that has yet to be written. <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, Robert Howard's like you know very dead. Uh, but uh, anyway, wait, let me see where that the uh, I think I stopped at emasculate. Uh, there he lies like a bank bursting river. The waters taking courage flow ab above him. The dragon lies beneath the feet of torrents, which Vrtra, with his greatness, had encompassed. The humbled was the strength of Vrtra's mother. Indra hath cast his deadly bolt against her. The mother was above, the son was under, and like a cow beside her calf lay Danu. So what's going on there? Uh, with the mother. I mean, did you have you looked into that at all? Uh, a little bit. And recently I was thinking, oh, I, I want to know more about this because so many of like the gods and the demons have like the, the stories about their parents change. There's sometimes it's like, wait, I just read something that said, you know, Vritra's father is Tavastar, the one we mentioned earlier who makes the Vajra which kills his own son. But then there's another story where it's like, okay, different parents. So it, it gets really complex. And we're dealing with like translations from an archaic version of, of, of a language. Um, yeah. Um, so another thing I wanted to look at is yeah. this is the first time, you know, we haven't talked about this theme yet uh, about the, uh, the waters and the waters is a big element in, in, in this whole story, because what he's really doing is, and this, this has some, you know, we recognize this from other things in terms of, especially, uh, you know, there's the, you know, Jormungand in the, the Germanic literature, uh, you know, there's this serpent associated with waters and, you know, the, this, you know, what, what, uh, Vrtra is doing uh, is he's, you know, at least metaphorically, he's damned the rivers. You know, he's basically yeah. like sitting upon or holding in the waters. And which, you know, the effect of that, obviously, on the people, um, whatever people are in the world at this time, it doesn't really make that clear uh, as far as I, I know. But, uh, you know, the, the waters, you know, obviously, he's creating drought, uh, artificial drought by withholding resources. And one of the things uh, somebody pointed out and I, I wanted to point out was basically like, you know, once you start talking about the water as resources, um, then then you have the connection with later dragons uh, like Smaug, uh, you know, the, the European idea of dragon that sits on a mound of gold because, yeah. you know, well, water is the first resource so that you can make plants and grow things and like and have crops and feed your cattle and all that. 
And then as time goes on, when you have fiat currency and all that kind of stuff, you have, you know, gold and, and so forth. Um, you know, you know, Bitcoin, uh, but, uh, you know, it's like who controls all the wealth mm-hmm. and uh, that's where it becomes really spicy. I think in a, in a prophetic, like uh, interesting, um, connection with the modern world. It's like, well, who are the evil people, the evil people who are control the wealth and keep the wealth from the people? Uh, you know, it, it, it you know, has this, you know, eternal theme that runs through it that I think is very recognizable today. Yeah, the you know, it, it, Vitch was described as as a, as coiled around a mountain, yeah. holding back the the seven rivers. Um, yes. It's uh, I get these Roman numerals. Um, <laughs> like I, I forget which one that is, but you know, l- later there's one. Indra hath hurled down the magician, Maya Vritra, who lay beleaguering the mighty river. Then both the heaven and earth trembled in terror at the strong hero's thunder when he bellowed. And I was looking at that, and you know, the word for river is Sindhu, right? right. Which uh, can mean the Indus River is what it usually means. That it goes from the Himalayas down through what's now Pakistan, down through uh, uh, Sindh province, Karachi, out to the ocean. That's the Indus River. It's called Sindhu. But it could also mean any river, and there's like seven major rivers. Incidentally, that's where the word Hindu comes from, because the Persian people that were moving on in have a hard time with Sindhu. So it ended up being Hindu, and now, you know, there's a whole whole thing about that. But um, but yeah, I, holding back the water. Incidentally, the hero's thunder there, hero is bull in Sanskrit. So it's the bull's bellowing thunder. Um, so, you know, hero tells us one thing, but bull tells us something even better, I think. Right. Yeah. Because hero has a whole association with words. Uh, I know Christopher Robertson gets into that, uh, you know, sometimes and, and uh, others uh, with, you know, hero being associated with Hera and, uh, you know, and, and all kinds of other associations that you have. But, um, yeah, I mean, bull is a different thing entirely, uh, you know, but, so that, that's a different meaning, really. And, and uh, the, there's quite, you know, quite a few hymns, verses, hymns like that. And I was thinking about it, like, well, really what, you know, it's holding back the river. And I was like, but, like, what's the bigger story, like the bigger takeaway? And I was like, well, you know, Vritra is any obstruction that is, you know, holding back rain or water which is the source of life um you know it's sort of water is a big deal absolutely (laughs) you know everybody dies without you know you hear stories where you know there's cattle being held back that's kind of a big deal the sun being held back is we see in myths which is like you know that's about as bad as it gets but you know water everyone's gonna die Everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard things that later, you know, we're gonna have water wars in like 50 years or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, obviously, it's a huge, a huge deal. Cool. All right, let's uh, continue with this. Uh, yeah. I have to make sure I Yeah. Okay. Rolled in the midst of never, never ceasing currents flowing without a rest forever onward. The waters bear off Vritra's nameless body, the foe of Indra, sank 
to during darkness. Guarded by Ahi stood the thralls of Dasas, the waters laid like kine held by the robber. But he, when he had smitten Vritra, opened the cave wherein the floods had been imprisoned. So, do you, do you have any thoughts on what Ahi is? It's a snake. It's a snake. Okay. Vrit- that, that is that's, Vritra. That's another name. That's another, okay, another that's name. name. Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, and the water stayed like kine. In case, you know, some people might not know, that's cows. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I had to look that up the first time. We see milch kind, lowing kind come up a lot, and that's uh, you know, the, you know, milch kind is a, a cow that's recently given birth, and that means lots of milk flowing forth, um, and, and that's used a lot as a metaphor for uh, the good stuff being distributed freely. Um, the, the the thralls of dasas. That's a dasa is a interesting word let all right let's go there <laughs> yeah it, you know in the in the rig vedic sense it, it it's uh you know it's serv it's someone that's servile mm-hmm. you know uh a uh slave literally yeah. um and and it's uh in the rig veda it's it's used to you know, to describe something really not good, you know, like it's a servile, slave-like person uh, that's in the way, helping out the demons, really, you know, part, uh, part of a race of demons. Um, the interesting thing is now in, uh, you know, post-Vedic and Hindu culture, it's a surname, it's, it's a, a surname, so some people have that as a last name, but uh, in post-Vedic Sanskrit and in Hindi, other South Asian languages, it means servant, and it has been absorbed into the in sort of to religious ideals, especially worshippers of Vishnu, which are the vast majority of uh, Indian subcontinent, um, that uh, to mean a servant, sort of in the Catholic sense, servant of God or servant of uh, an associate of God. So in a lot of uh, uh, those uh, Vishnu worshiping sects, um, when people get initiated with sacrificial fire and become a disciple, you know, to their guru, who is the actual uh, patriarchal connection, you know, from one person to another going to God himself, they'll get a new name and then have Dasa or Dasi, for the feminine attached to their name. So they might get a name like, uh, you know, their name might be Krishna Das, servant of Krishna. Um, and so it's like a positive thing now. It just means, you know, servant. Or someone will say, oh, I'm the Das Anu Das. I'm the servant, I'm the servant. Very Catholic. So, yeah. so now it'd be like like Das of Christ or whatever. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Das. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Das. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, you know, the, the devotional bhakti, you know, sort of became a, a you know, a, and that's human nature also. It, it works yeah. well in a lot of people's lives. Um, you know, so that bhakti devotion became, you know, sort of the main current because it's for every person. You know, it, it transcends 
it, it transcends statuses, you know, and uh, priestliness. You know, you can you can be a mudslinger and you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but it's yeah, interesting it's, it's, that it, it goes from like you know, you know, servile hosts of the dark, you know, to yeah, yeah. I love and, God. And in terms of the imagery, which is what's really captured me uh, about these verses, um, you know, because we, we're, we're used to hearing about, you know, Indra and, and the Maruts and just being kind of awesome. Uh, you know, so this is just the awesome language used to describe them. But then the story seems to be there, there's a real story in these actual verses about the dragon, because that's where the that's the hero's journey or whatever you know, that they have to go through yeah. is to slay the dragon. And so that's how they're known. Um and you know, so we have this story here, and 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 now it's like we've now added a hordes of slaves to the you know the dragon or serpent lord <laughs> that that yeah. uh, serpent sorcerer lord with his enchanters and hordes of slaves yeah, uh, okay. that are surrounded by oh, here, you know that like it's, it's getting very Hollywood now, like you know, yeah, it's yeah. building. Here's a good one though. Yeah. Here's a good one. I'll skip to in book two, two twenty-seven. Uh, there is uh, Indra, the slayer of Vritra, the destroyer of cities, has scattered the black-sprung servile hosts. He engendered the earth and the waters for Manu. May he fulfill the entire prayer of the sacrificer. I was like, I gotta look closer at this. What the heck is a black-sprung servile host? And so I look, and. Um, and this is a slightly different trend. I'm using two translations. Like we have the, our you know, Order of Fire. Our translation is Griffith, Ralph Griffith. But I also look at H.H. H. Wilson. I really like the, the language and I love having both. But in front of me. But I was like black sprung servile host. And so I was looking at the Sanskrit and it's Krishna Yonir Dasir, which Krishna this is not Krishna, the god of love, but as in black, Krishna means black or dark. And yonir, yoni, is the womb. Right. Womb or the parts. And uh, right. so, yeah, and das, dasir, das, dasa. So Krishna, yonir, dasir. So servant of like the dark, you know, born out of the dark womb. <laughs> Servant of the black vagina. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of the dark, you know, evil, evil vagina. And, you know, and it, yeah, and so, and, and basically it's describing like, you know, part of what, uh, you know, these, this sort of race of demons that's like on Vritra's side, they're, they're sacrifice disturbers. Um, they're like an army of people that disturb the sacrifice, you know, uh, which, most likely has also to do with you know water being available. Things have to be washed, sprinkled with water before they're you know given to the fire. Um, and then I was reading further. I was like, this is one of the crazy. I was like, I'm really into this. And and I was looking further. And there's also a possibility that it might actually be an an, an interpretation of an actual like the pregnant wife of one of the demons giving birth. But either way, it's pretty wild. <laughs> Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, once you did, like, we were we were laughing about uh, you know the podcast that Christopher did with uh, um, 
that the Harvard scholar. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Nash. And uh, you know, the, the, what I just look things up is uh, <laughs> like, what, what do you do? What do you do? I just look things up, and yeah. uh, that that's really what this is. Like, once you start looking things up, then it becomes much more interesting, and uh, you know, there's a lot more depth to all this stuff because you know, words have like these multiple meanings, and that's that's why I love etymology. It's yeah, there's yeah. so much there. Once you once you open up etymology, it's like its own little book uh, that yeah. tells you a lot of different things. So, all right. So now we're at the thralls of Dasas. Uh, all right. The last few verses are a horse's tail wast thou when he, O Indra, smote on thy bolt, though God without a second. Thou hast won back the kine, hast won the Soma, thou hast let loose the flow, the seven rivers. Nothing availed him lightning, nothing thunder, hailstorm, or mist, which had spread around him when Indra and the dragon strove in battle. Makavan gained the victory forever. Whom sawest thou to avenge the dragon, Indra, that fear possessed thy heart when thou hadst slain him, that, like a hawk affrighted through the regions, thou crossed nine and ninety flowing rivers? Indra is king of all that moves and moves not, of creatures tame and horned, the thunder wielder. Over all living men he rules as sovereign, containing all as spokes within the felly. Spokes within the felly. <laughs> is that uh, what does that translate in your in yours? Do you know? Uh, is it a different? Version I, I, I didn't. I didn't get to didn't this. Look at that one. Yeah, I, I, well, I didn't see that until just now. I'm like, what the hell is that? Uh, I would have uh, harder with the English, harder time with the English here. Like, what, what's a felly? Right, right. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, also, like, bay steeds. Yeah, like, I had to look that up. Like, you know, it's a, it's a brown horse. Uh, but, yeah. you know, most people wouldn't know what that is. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, language that obviously we're, we're, you know, sometimes dealing with, uh, you know, a 19th century translation. Uh, and then that's just different English. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. so that's, that's another thing. Uh, but did well, you see anything in that one that was of interest that you wanted to talk about? No. No, I think we got that. We got the Magavan and uh, Sovran. I'm, I'm guessing is that an English thing too? Is that just Sovran? It could or be. Sovran? I, I'm not sure though. Though in I'm you know d depending on where we get, um, I, I can bring up actually now Sovran. Um, that that comes up um, in one of the uh, one of these hymns in uh, the one uh, book one hymn eighty line twelve. Is it okay if we go there? Yeah, go there. Yeah, since we we got to the word sovereign, um, Vritra deterred not Indra by his trembling or his clamor. The many-edged iron thunderbolt fell upon him, manifesting his own sovereignty. Indra manifesting his own sovereignty. Um, two things I loved about that is the uh, uh, many-edged iron thunderbolt, um, Sahasra Bristi, one thousand spikes. I mean, that's awesome. Who doesn't want a weapon with a thousand spikes? And uh, 
And then the manifesting his own sovereignty, I, I looked at that and it was just what I suspected it would be, Svaraja, Svarajam, which okay. Sva, own, one's own, and Raja, Raja is a king, but Raja, Rajam, um, you know, sovereignty, rulership. So, so, you know, our thunder god here, you know, by his initial, that first strike is really what it's describing, you know, strikes with this thousand spiked Vajra and he manifests his own uh, independent kingship at that moment. And that, like for men, that's a really big deal. Like for men, men to relate to that in, in a number of ways. Side point, that word Svaraja later on, a couple millennia later, became associated with the Indian independence movement in the 1940s. Um, Svaraja, independent rule. So that was sort of Gandhi, Nehru's, uh, that was the advertisement, you know, for uh, independent rule, you know, that they wanted to achieve Svaraja. And then now, 70 years later, it is the title of a right-wing Hindu nationalist publication. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's its own controversy and a separate topic <laughs> right 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 but, but yeah, I, I want Svavarajan <laughs> I want that too uh, yeah yeah that, you know and it's what you know it's you hear that in certain you know American cultures you know king minded mm -hmm. you've got to get king minded you know yeah. and that's that's that is uh it's saying the same exact thing you know I'm king minded Swaraj. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's you know this this is something that strings through all of the uh, myths that we're talking about is that you know this is what the striker does. There's that uh, you know not every striker becomes becomes a king, but uh, that's how the, that's how the king becomes what he is. Yeah. Is uh, you know like this this is how Zeus uh, rose to become king of the Olympians is that he had to kill you know one of the you know. It's, horrible monster uh, in his war with the titans and, and then uh, you know that's then uh um then then he becomes king of olympus and throws down the other gods and becomes the new god uh yeah it's not because he threw the thousand spiked weapon into the ground like some right. kid with firecrackers off a balcony you know right it, it, he had he had to kill the dragon yeah and that's and taking he, all of the stories yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to fill. They actually have to uh, fight the, fight that overcome the thing that that is is threatening them or or whatever, and, and become the hero, really, and and uh, vanquish this demon or this bad thing and overcome it. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, that it, there's something really important for men to relate to, and that's, you know, we go back to the story, and that's why I said, but that's why I wanted to get into you know understanding the dragon, and the striker, and that's because that's what. You know, we see men all the time, and you know, I, I've dealt with this a lot because you see these dark sub subcultures that grow out of masculinity, and you know, and I've done it. Everybody does it. You know, like every, you cover everything with skulls, and everything's about like blackness and darkness and whatever. But that's just because men are drawn to this thing that they have to be, um, they have to encounter. You know, they're drawn toward the serpent because they have to to become themselves. They have to overcome the serpent. And, uh, you know, that's not something women don't want to get near the serpent. Why would you like, you know, but men are like drawn to the serpent uh, because that it, 
something about that as part of their identity. And so it, when you see Indra referred to the whole way through the Rig Veda, he's always referred to as the Indra who slayed the dragon and Indra the Virtra killer. It, you know, he, he's that he it's part of what he is. He became himself through his encounter with that dragon. And that's, you know, that's what men do generally is that they become themselves by encountering something that they're afraid of, or, you know, they're overcoming something that's a, 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 a you know, a big foe. And then, and then obviously, you know, you spend the Rig Veda, the, the, you know, shit talking about the, <laughs> how he, how I overcame him and he was emasculate and whatever. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something I think a lot of guys can relate to. Yeah. And the, and you have to be careful when you, you know, go after the snake because then, you know, you can become a, a, a black sprung servile host yourself. It's like Nietzsche in the end of the abyss. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so uh, the idea is to get the thing done, <laughs> you know, is to not continue to, you know, to chase the, the, the dragon until you become basically defeated, but to, you know, kill it. Yeah, to kill it or defeat it or make it, you know, go back and give the waters back or whatever, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's that's that's what I think. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of guys lose sight of it and they just luxuriate in this uh, obsession with the darkness and, and so forth. And that's not really the point of any of these stories. The point is to overcome it and, you know, and get your own sovereignship, you know, like that, uh, that Raja. And then, you know, I talked about uh, that Raja word and, and uh, you know, obviously uh, uh, fire in the dark. You know, and you know it's connected with Rex, and and uh, you know it, linguistically it becomes you know it's it's a all the all the words for kingship that we still use. I mean, I think that uh, I guess now I I think when I wrote it, you know, it was before Elizabeth died, but uh, you know her her you know title was Virginia, uh, which sounds like something else, but it's you know it's Virginia like because that's the you know feminine of Rex. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's what King is and that we would be using that to this day. And that's what they were using back then, just in a different form with the Rajan. Um, so, and, and, you know, drilling down on that in the past, uh, gone through it and what that really means. I think it, it comes back to a word that means to write something, you know, to mm -hmm. not write as in with a pen, but to make things right or straight or aligned. Mm -hmm. And that's what Kings do, like make it, bring it back to where it's right. Uh, and, and, and that's, I think they're just a really important, uh, there's so many little tools of linguistics right there, you know, like in the same way that like we call, you know, rulers make rules, you know, like <laughs> rulers make rules and, and, uh, it's, and draw lines. Uh, it's, it, you know, little plays on words, but they have, they have some meaning, uh, that actually isn't just a, a coincidence. Um, but anyway, I thought do, we have to do that for ourselves especially yeah. in, in, in the world we live in now. You know, Absolutely. We, 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 we really do have to be our own, uh, you know, we have to be independently sovereign in our daily lives because uh, there really isn't somebody qualified to do that for us. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and usually when you give that out to somebody else, you regret it later. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's very American, uh, like perspective at this point too, you know, obviously, uh, there's a lot of language like that in the Rig Veda, like, uh, the Maruts are described as self-yoked a lot, which I don't know what the translation of that, or like what, what, he, uh, you know, what uh, Sanskrit words that comes from, but, uh, uh, self-yoked is something I liked a lot as well. Uh, you know, it's very uh, along yeah. those lines. I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so sometime we'll have to we'll have to do a separate one of these sometime on the Maruts uh, themselves because I've spent a lot. Self luminous, that's my favorite. Self luminous. Oh yeah, yeah, I love, yeah, that. I love that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Cool. Well, I think I'm going to run through one of these a little quicker than the last one because we've got a lot of these things. But uh, in case we see any more things that we want to jump on, because uh, this is really, I think, interesting. And I really wanted to give people just a, a sense of this dragon and what it is. Um, so we'll continue with the story a little bit. Okay. So this is, uh, oh, I guess it's the next hymn. It's 33 uh, of Indra. So come. Fain for booty, let us seek to Indra. Yet more shall he increase his care that guides us. Will not the indestructible endow us with perfect knowledge of this wealth of cattle? I fly to him, invisible wealth giver, as flies the falcon to the cherished eyrie. With fairest hymns of praise adoring Indra, with whom those who loud him must invoke in battle. Mid all his host, he bindeth on the quiver, he driveth the cattle from what foe he pleaseth. Gathering up the great store of riches, Indra, be thou no trafficker with us, most mighty. Thou slewest with tiny bolt the wealthy Dasu, Dasu alone, yet going with thy helpers, Indra, Far from the floor of heaven in all directions, the ancient, rightless ones fled to destruction. Fighting with pious worshippers, the rightless turned and fled, Indra, with averted faces. When thou, fierce lord of the bay steeds, the stare, bluest from earth and heaven and sky, the godless, they met in fight the army of the blameless, then the Navag Navagvas put forth all of their power. They, like emasculates with men contending, fled conscious by steep paths from Indra, scattered. Whether they weep or laugh, thou hast overthrown them, O Indra. On the sky's extremest limit, the Dasyu thou hast burned from heaven and welcomed the prayer of him who pours the juice and louds thee. Adorned with their array of gold and jewels, they o'er the earth a covering veil extended. Although they hastened, they overcame not Indra, their spies he compassed with the sun of morning. As thou enjoyest heaven and earth, O Indra, on every side surrounded with thy greatness, so thou with priests hast blown away the Dasyu, and whose worship not with those who worship. They who pervaded earth's extremest limit, subdued not with their charms the wealth bestower. Indra, the bull, made his ally the thunder, and with its light milked cows from out the darkness. I'm just going to stop there and, and uh, just one of the things that I think I'd stumbled over a word there that I wasn't familiar with, um, the Navag Navagvas. You say, do you know what the, that was referring to? Is that a name, another name for the Dasyu? 
I don't think it's for Dasio. I think it's uh I'm not hundred percent sure. But okay. I, I think it's I think it's someone on the good side. Oh the yeah, the Nava guys put forth all the power. Okay. Yeah. I think sense. it's not the bad guys. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's, it's okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But I a big part of that, this whole piece of it is uh also making the other cult of evil sorcerers and their slaves, uh, godless. Yeah. You know, they're godless or impious, which, you know, godless can mean, you know, what's that quote from like Joseph Campbell, like, uh, um, you know, myth is some other person's religion, <laughs> you know? So like godless can mean they don't worship the right gods, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as, as is often the case. Uh, but, uh, you know, so it's just different people with a different religion, but they're impious towards their gods. And that's something that men do tribally, generally speaking. It's, uh, I've pointed it out before. People don't like this because it's just reality. It's human nature is it's, it's really a trigger for genocide it is like, we work it out, you know, like when men separate their groups tribally, you know, like the other men don't worship the correct gods. Therefore, they are doing the work of demons. Therefore, we must slay them like like demons. <laughs> you know, like it dehumanizes the other thing because they are now not doing the work of God. They are doing the work of somebody some, of evil. And so we set that up. Usually, I mean, that's what we always have to do. We have to always create the, this narrative when we go to war. It can't just be because uh, the other team is the other team. If we're going to go and slay men. Uh, it has to be because they're aligned with evil or they've done, they're a whole group of evil people, which is actually almost never the case. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a whole group of evil, godless, terrible people. And that's what men do. And it's just, you, you know, you can be a act above it all. Like, cause you can see it in modernity, but it doesn't mean it's not real and that you wouldn't do it either. <laughs> you know, like that's, you have to make the other team, the bad guys and they're effeminate and they're, you have to emasculate yeah. them. And you know, like you can do see it with doing with sports teams, like, which I find amazing, like in American sports teams, people complain about like, you know, like, well, like, you know, and I, I know nothing about sports. I, you know, try to know nothing about sports, but like, you know, like, well, well, St. Louis, you know, like th those guys are cowards, <laughs> like, like, like as yeah. if like the whole, you know, this, this team of professional athletes are actually cowards, but like, there's this whole like almost WWE thing that they set up. Like, like, I can't believe they behave that way. You know, you know like it's there, it's, it's, it's kind of a yeah. ridiculous thing and they do it in MMA too. And like, you know, they set up this narrative uh, of who the bad guy and who the good guy is. What, what in a, yeah, wrestling because I did you know hung out with that pro wrestler guy you know it's like there's the heel and you have to determine who the heel is so you understand the narrative uh, before you go into it like this is the guy who's going to get loose and this guy is going to be the the baby face <laughs> and uh, and yeah. so it's just an interesting uh, thing that men always do uh, so it's always worked into our religions and and uh, and you know it's neither good nor bad it's just human <laughs> it's just it's just what we do you know we can see it. But, you know, I just think people don't like to acknowledge that that's what that is. The other guys are bad. Why are they bad? So we can kill them. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and that's, and yeah. that's, it is what it is, you know? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So let me jump onto the, I think that's the last page. The waters flowed according to their nature. They raid the navigable 
dreams waxed mightily. Then Indra, with his spirit concentrated, smote him forever with the strongest weapon. Indra broke through Inubisa's strong castles, and Susna, with his horn, he cut to pieces. Thou, Magavan, for all his might and swiftness, slew thy fighting foeman with thy thunder. Fierce on his enemies fell Indra's weapon. With his sharp bull, he rent their forts in pieces. He, with his thunderbolt, dealt blows on Vritra and conquered, executing his purpose. Indra, thou helpest Kutsa, whom thou lovest, and guardest brave Dasadyu when he battled. The dust of trampling horses rose to heaven, and the Svitra's son stood up again for conquest. Svitra's mild steer, Omagavan, thou helpest in, com in combat for the land, mid Tugra's houses. Long stood they there before the task has ended. Thou wast the master of the foeman's treasure. So there are a lot of allusions in this particular uh, hymn to, you know, wealth at the beginning. You know, it being, you know, this guy also had a great deal of wealth. You know, I think, uh, um, you know, which is associated with water, like we said. You know, he had water and resources and whatever, and obviously tons of slaves. And uh, then there's some interesting pieces. And and uh, another thing I noticed was. Uh, now he has castles and fortresses. There's castles and forts all through this as well. So, like I said, it's it just bigger and bigger. And now, you know, now it's Sauron. <laughs> you know, like now, now he has castles and fortresses and slaves and and uh, this whole like evil empire uh, that they're overcoming. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's it's very. The the more we dig down on this, the more the more it has detail to it. Um, now I I'm gonna hit you up with this because I didn't I didn't say beforehand. Look this up, but. Uh, I, you know, Indra broke through Ilibisa's strong castles. Is that another word for Vritra? Uh, I, I I don't know. I didn't. I I was reading through this and I was like, oh, I really need to look because I mean, there's so many yeah. names. You know, it's like, you know, it's like Homer, <laughs> in the sense yeah. that it's like everyone's, you know cousins, brothers, aunts, sister somehow gets a, a little part in the story. But yeah, that, uh, yeah. I, I don't know that. Um, yeah, I mean, well, that's like, you know, in the Germanic literature, it's, it's uh, you know, like, I think, I think Odin has like, you know, 60 names or something like that. It's, it's, it's a retarded amount of, of like names and epithets and, and different ways you can refer to him. And that's the case with so many of these uh, gods, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, there's so many it, it, just phrases that they use, even like for Zeus. Like my favorite is "Who loves the lightning?" <laughs> Zeus, who loves the lightning? <laughs> you know, like that's that's amazing. Um, and, and I don't know the, the, who uh, Shushna with his horn he cut to pieces. I don't I don't know who who that is. Um, uh, Savitra is the the uh, the sun. Just before sunrise, I know that there's a whole story with that as well. Um, 
just at that moment, just before sunrise. Savitra. Interesting. Don't know who Tugra is either. Tugra's houses. Yeah, like there's like I said, now we're adding extra characters to this whole thing. Did, <laughs> yeah. Now you, you had mentioned earlier that there, I mean, there's a second story um, that follows this one uh, about the cattle, which is similar theme. Obviously, cattle cattle is wealth in all societies up until like you know currency. Uh, you know, yeah. cattle's you know, I mean, not all societies because they have different crops and so forth, but uh, definitely very European, and and you can see it. One of the things I think that's so cool about the Indo-European stuff and the Greek material and so forth is that they're all cattle herding people. Yeah. And so then it translates to the American West uh, very quickly, you know, because you see the same stories happening again when you have wide open spaces and men competing for, you know, cattle and, oh, they killed our cattle. They took our cattle. They moved our cattle. There's a horse thief. Yeah. All the stuff uh, it is very much more contemporary than it seems, being thousands of years old. And all of a sudden, you're 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 watching Yellowstone in uh, in in uh, Rig Vedic times. You know, it's like let's fight over the cattle. But uh, but and, and so many references to you know the cattle, not just the cattle, but what the cattle provide is is being held back. You know, and that's why the cattle are so so important. That they're, I mean. Not just because they're pretty, you know. It's because, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the pretty you know, cows. They, do, yeah. they work. They they work the land. You know, they pull things. You know, and they and milk is a pretty valuable resource. Also, it was an animal of sacrifice as well. Yeah. So, so beyond what it, you know, it also to give to the gods. Yeah. yeah, that second story, the the uh, Vala, the cave, Vala. where Vritra's right. uh, um, brother is, is uh, holding back um, the cattle in a cave, and it's a whole whole another story with a whole bunch of uh, stuff about cows <laughs> and, yeah. and the sun and the sun as well, uh, and the it, sun is in that as well. Interesting. Yeah. That would be yeah. cool. Yeah. Maybe we should dig into that one sometime with uh, 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 Christopher Robertson uh, because he uh, wrote that whole piece about uh, the cattle of the sun from the uh, Odyssey. It's very um, excellent as well. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, it's a, there, there's a lot of, you know, like I said, cattle thieving is a whole different, uh, you know, portion of this, uh, you know, these old cultures. Uh, which again is only very new. I mean, really, we can all these people who want us to stop eating meat and and uh, Bill Gates buying up all the farmland and trying to feed feed us like crickets. Uh, <laughs> they're holding the cattle again. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. they're doing it again. It's the same story. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and that's why it becomes when you look at this stuff. It's so that that whole meat as a metaphor uh, for becomes very important when you look at it mythically uh you know men eat meat uh when they're prosperous and uh the slaves don't you know like the slaves are fed whatever garbage you give them and you know but but men of means who are respectable eat meat and that's how they're known and they're wealthy and, and so forth because they have many cattle and they can eat meat and then when you take you're making them into slaves when you take their meat away and that's that's it's such a powerful symbol that I don't think a lot of people see how deeply 
how old and, and important that symbol is. It's not just like, oh, well, you can just change your diet. You know, like it's it's there's there's a lot there. Uh, you know, that's that's a the meaning that doesn't go away. Yeah, and depending on the cultural context, context, you know, also, uh, you know, taking taking away milk and butter in, in the Vedic times, you know, like taking yeah. away milk and butter was the exact same thing. Yeah, uh, because it's, you know, it's 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 equally it's equally nourishing, really, and you know, it's a transfer. Uh, milk is sort of like a transformation of the blood of a cow, really. Right. So it, right. Uh, right. And it, and it can be everlasting, whereas the meat it is kind of, you know, a one-time deal. But the milk will just keep flowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Well, and, and, and cheese keeps a lot longer. <laughs> when you and, get into and that. Ghee, but, that's a whole ghee, that's a whole nother... Oh yeah, we, we could do, we could talk for, I'm sure you could, I know, I know for a fact that you can talk forever about ghee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, well, uh, we'll say that for a different one but one thing i wanted to point out as uh um you know you in, in a lot of these uh hymns um you know vritra killing the dragon you know the meaning of the dragon uh i mean not sorry not indra killing vritra the dragon um often indra uh, is described, um, you know, it's often saying that he took the soma, you know, that he's drank the juice. Um, but a word that comes up often is uh, mud, which means like uh, intoxicated. Um, and so w when Indra is, you know, throwing this thunderbolt, killing the dragon, it's often translated as he's, you know, doing it in rapturous joy. Um, you know that yeah rapturous joy in, in killing this this demon sanskrit is mud you know which is uh yeah basically high you know like he's high on it um right. do we see that in, in like do we ever you know is heracles described as you know uh going after the beast you know in ecstatic well it's in the germanic stuff yeah. Uh, battle frenzy. Uh, in the in, yeah, all, actually, all through the Indo-European stuff, if you go into obviously you have uh, yes, in the Tain, in the uh, you know Celtic thing that you survived in Ireland, but really describes things that never happened in Ireland because they have chariots and the Irish never had chariots. Uh, the, uh, the their hero, which I will always butcher his name by because it's in you know Celtic or whatever, um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, his it, the the hero there, the the hero of the story of the Tain, uh, Kulingi, the Tainbo Kulingi, uh, I believe is how you pronounce that part of it. Um, we'd have to get, we'd have to get uh, uh, Paul in here for that, uh, but um, yeah, no, he has he has a something called the torque, and he goes into a battle frenzy where he becomes like crazy and his hair stands on end and then like he becomes this crazy like battle, you know, battle, you know. In, in, you know, just yeah, battle rage, crazy, and obviously in the in the uh, yeah, Germanic literature, you have the uh, you know berserkers uh, who are basically high. You know, like uh, some people people have theorized that the you know that myth comes from them taking mushrooms or something like that, uh, and then people running or and then naked warriors. You know, like the the Celts or whatever, like run, you know, run into battle uh, naked or whatever. And and uh, yeah, there's a lot of 
stuff like that where the you know you know battle battle lust uh battle mm -hmm. frenzy battle and uh you know it's uh, I, I guess I, right I, have talked, I have talked to some guys who feel that they've experienced that uh so whether veterans or also um I, I know a UFC fighter uh, who we've, I've talked to a bunch about that. And he's like, there's a weird thing that happens <laughs> like when you're out in, in the ring and whatever. And the, uh, it's uh, you're never really more alive than, than when that happens. And uh, so I think that that's, you know, that I could see that being a, just, you know, that making sense, you know, like it comes across because any warrior culture is going to know that, you know, like, cause this mm -hmm. moment where you might actually die uh, or you might win is you're never going to have anything more yeah you're never going to be more alive than that than when that happens because you're like you know on the verge of death or uh you know total winning and uh you know that's death or glory you know and and uh you know i've i i'm, I'm not really like looking to have that experience myself anytime soon but uh, uh you know it's uh I, I imagine you know anytime when you take a big risk like that and you have a lot to lose um you know it might, you might get a little taste of, a taste of that, you know, yeah. with our, our, you know, our own dragons. Uh, yeah. But it's, I'm thinking it's like, you know, it's righteous bloodlust, really. Yeah. And, and so, you know, rapturous joy, it, it, you know, this righteous bloodlust. And the demon, though, doesn't get the rapture get to experience the rapturous joy he's he's equally you know vritra is equally out to to just to destroy right but he doesn't get to have uh you know joy yeah or we don't get to hear about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we don't get to hear about it you know like it, yeah 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 i mean again that's not propaganda and the history he's a sneaky magician you know, yeah, he's a magician. He's always a jerk. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so that, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting contrast because you know the 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 uh, the joy of the bloodlust is for the person that is, uh, you know, doing it for the sake of literally for cosmic order. Right. And, and and the other, you know, the the demon is is uh, his bloodlust is for chaos, right? And so there's no joy in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, Unless just someone decides to write write the the story from uh, uh, from virtual perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these crazy people were coming up from the north. And I, you know, I was just trying to feed my family. <laughs> yeah. I we had the water. We built a dam. It's a dam. <laughs> Like, yeah. we, it's our irrigation system. We're constantly lighting fires. Why are they pouring all of that butter into the fire? Why won't they give me any of that butter and they just keep pouring it in there? And I'd like right. a cow too. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. So, all right. Well, like, um, I think let's just go through the last one because we had three hymns that we wanted to go through. So I'll read through the last one. And if we want to have ever, any final comments, we can write, wrap that up uh, from there. What, which is the next one? The next one is, I believe that's C. So it's uh, book 10, uh, 111. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. All right. All right. So the hymn is Bring forth your sacred song, ye prudent singers, even as are the thoughts of human beings. Let us draw Indra with true deeds near us. He loves our songs, the hero, and is potent. The hymn shone brightly from the seat of worship. To the kind came the bull, and the heifer's offspring with mighty bellowing hath he arisen and hath pervaded even the spacious regions. Indra knows verily how to hear our singing, for he victorious has made a path for Surya. He made the cow, and he became the sovereign of heaven, primeval, matchless, and unshaken. Praised by Engirasis, Indra demolished with the might the works of the great watery monster. Full many regions, too, hath he pervaded, and by his truth supported earth's foundation. The counterpart of heaven and earth is Indra. He knoweth all libations, slayeth Susna. The vast sky with the sun hath he extended, and best of pillars, stated with a pillar. The Vrtra slayer with his bolt felled Vrtra. The magic of the godless, waxen mighty, here hast thou bold assailant, boldly conquer. Yea, then thine arms, O Magavan, were potent. When the dawns come attendant upon Surya, their rays discover wealth of diverse colors. The star of heaven is seen as twere approaching. None knoweth aught of its departeth, aught of it as it departeth. Far have they gone, the first of all these waters, the waters that flowed forth when Indra sent them. Where is their spring? Where is their foundation? Where now, ye waters, is your inmost center? Thou didst free rivers, swallowed by the dragon, and rapidly they set themselves in motion, those that were loosed and those that longed for freedom. Excited now to speed, they run unresting. Yearning together, they have sped to Sintu, the fort destroyer, praised of old, hath loved them. Indra, may thy terrestrial treasures reach us, and our full songs of joy approach thy dwelling. So this this focuses specifically on the songs and the singers and the singing of these hymns to Indra. Um, and that, that's a big, obviously, focus of the bigger picture of the Rig Veda is that they are songs, right? They're, yeah, ri ritual hymns. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're sung to please the gods during during the rituals and to, you know, to sing their praises and 
say bring me sons and wealth and and uh, uh, you know strength and might and all that. And there, and there was a whole system. I mean, the system still exists um, of meter, certain types of meter and pronunciation were, were key because sound vibration itself, like fire, was a sort of uh, a gateway to direct contact with, with the gods. So the singing of the hymns during the ritual was big, very important. Yeah, it always it always you know adds something to ritual if there's music. Yeah, it, uh, I always say if, it, you know unless it, you need some drums and you need to, you need a couple things and it you know to bring it all together. It's again, you obviously, see here, uh, there's a little bit. Uh, you know, this is from book ten. Yeah. Uh, you know, where you start to see a little bit of contemplation about, you know, a little bit of the, the sort of asking big questions. Um, you know, you have this whole, you know, all of this praise of the gods and like super excellence and high test stuff. But when you get to book 10, which is believed to have been slightly younger than the rest, books one and books 10 are considered to have been uh, composed a little bit later. Not much, but a little bit later, and then tacked on to the ones in the center. Oh, really? The, the books in the center, two through nine, are, are could be a, directly attributed to specific family lines. Um, they, they, there's actually pretty good evidence they know like who passed them down. But one in ten tacked on a little bit later. But in book ten, you start to see, you know, there's that hymn about creation in there but here in uh in a uh, line eight of the of what you just read you know where now you waters is your inmost center you know they're, they're asking those questions that can't really be answered <laughs> yeah and there's uh, obviously references to the sun god in there as well there's surya yeah. is it, i believe right yes the star yeah, of heaven yeah, yeah. I just happened to, to 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 notice that 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 stuck out to me. Like, well, you know, that's a that's an interesting question. You know, the waters have been freed. You know, the the demon, the dragon is slain. The waters are flowing. You know, and I guess now you know things are bountiful. So now you can sort of stop and go, where is the center of where the water? Yeah, yeah. Now, now, yeah. Now, now everything's cool, so you can be like, "Hey, so you know, like." Now, now, now there's time to start a little, a, a little contemplation. But yeah, that's what a is, fact. What is real. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. You know, when you're when there's chaos, there isn't time to stop. And uh, who am I? Who am I? Exactly. Where does the water come from? You know, it's no time yeah. for that. Yeah, there's no time for navel gazing when uh, you have like. You know, hard work to do, and there's the world's falling apart around you. When a dragon is holding back the waters, there, it's not. There's no time for yoga. Yeah, the dragon's evil. Kill the dragon. End of story. That's what <laughs> needs to happen. Yeah, and then, uh, then, then after that, you can be like, you know, what is a dragon? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what is a dragon? We don't want to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. What is the nature of the universe and its relationship to the dragon? Yeah. But I guess that that brings us back around and that uh, to to uh, a podcast that I uploaded before uh, this one, although we're recording it before I finished up recording it, uh, so it's a little out of order. But uh, um, 
I, I wrote an essay a year or so ago um, called uh, The Name of the Dragon is Negation. And basically around the concept that, um, you know, when you get differentiation is life, you know, like when you, in the beginning, there was the word, you create, you create the world by giving things separation and difference and, and their own identity. And death is really like the elimination of that separation because, you know, we're life is separated from dirt. I mean, we all are, you know, made of stars and we come from dirt. Uh, and when we die, we return to dirt. Uh, and that, that separation is over. Uh, so life is really, that's distinction from you know, yeah. what makes us different from the dirt. Um, you know, we all become the same raw materials again at some point. And so the dragon in the biggest sense is really, you know, an operative of death. And, you know, the elimination of differentiation and the void. And, you know, obviously in this context, um, you know, it's a little bit more into the real world than that, less conceptual. Uh, but really what the dragon is doing is holding back life. He's holding back water. He's holding back prosperity and so forth. He's not actually, you know, fire breathing dragon that kills everybody, uh, you know, or that, not that we know of. We don't have that verse. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it is... You know, we, he's holding back prosperity and life and and uh, vitality and so forth. Um, so I just wanted to tie all that together because I think the concept of the dragon being an agent of chaos and chaos ultimately being non-differentiation and um, a lack of an axis or meaning. And uh, that's that's the big picture. You know, since since you know we don't have Verta standing right there, I can navel gaze and, and talk about the nature of reality in the universe. And I think that that's that's uh, um, uh, important to reflect on in this in this bigger picture. But but anyway, and do you have anything else you want to talk about, or should we wrap it up right now? Uh, we can wrap it up. I mean, I was I was yeah. going to say actually that uh, yeah, non differentiation. Um, you can't uh, non non differentiation eliminates the potential to manifest your own sovereignty because you know the, the whole all is one thing. A lot of people tend to think that that's what they're getting from Eastern right Eastern thought, um, but uh, and, and that that thread is there, but it's absolutely not uh, the the mainstream thing differentiation is really important um you know it's it's required it's required for uh, a sense of yourself it's required for love yeah you, know, you you can't if there's no differentiation uh there's no relationship right and then there's no purpose uh really really to anything i mean it's a whole conversation that could be a completely different uh <laughs> different uh podcast oh for sure but it's all important and it's all related yeah it's it's all very uh you know i'm glad to hear you say that and, and add that in because that is yeah 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 without differentiation there's nothing and that's i think that people like you said they get this like kill your ego and and all this stuff and they think like you said they're getting it from eastern stuff and they think it's like special wisdom that westerners didn't figure out or something like that and uh um it's really i think the void i i when i hear that we kill your ego and they're we're all the same and like nothing matter like i'm like that's nihilism and it's it that is the void 
uh, you know, <laughs> and that, yeah, and you that's can very religious at that point. It becomes like that is you are an agent of the chaos. <laughs> you know, like that's that's you know, it's it becomes very real at that point. Like uh, you know, you can, you can you know you can conceive you know, and it's not just Eastern thought. There's also things within the Greek canon where it's like you could say you know, okay, you know, everything comes from god or you know i i'm the same as god or one one with god but also different that's how i perceive it it's like also different and it's simultaneous and it's actually probably inconceivable um, right and so i i'm in this world and i'm going to uh have a framework you know draw lines name names and and do the best to become self-luminous <laughs> exactly exactly cool i can become right, one well, with god and I'm dead yes well yeah i mean that's really what happens right I've, yeah, yeah i've made that appointment so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so ed is a member of the order of fire that is my men's organization um if you're interested in we are we like to uh joke that we are uh guys who lift and read the rig veda um, and they, there's a lot of both, uh, in, uh, and yeah, obviously we read a lot of like classic literature and so forth. And, uh, really, if you've read my book, fire in the dark, you know, what we're trying to get at with, uh, solar idealism and creating solar culture. And, uh, this is, this podcast is the first episode of many, I think that we'll do with, uh, collaborations with members of the order of fire, um, exploring some of the ideas that, because we're really trying to, you know, create a new mythology. And, and you know, cobble together all these old mythologies and create something new and alive right now in the present. And that's our mission. And it's, so it's a big one. And it's a big project. But as you can see, these are the kind of discussions that we're having. And uh, I think that you know, exploring these concepts on this level is really exciting and really important. And uh, one of the think the more more interesting things that we're doing. So um, and, you know, if you want to keep following this uh, this Patera podcast. And this, uh, you know, the creative works that we're putting out um, and possibly even join the Order of Fire and apply to join. Um, we'll be interested to hear more about that. All right. So thank you for listening, everyone. And stay solar. <laughs>